feels weird in here. <laughs> Matthew seven twenty four. We're gonna uh, we're gonna finish the Sermon on the Mount today. Yay! We're done with it. Um, so, real quick before we read it, um, I worked on on this this week, and last night I woke up at like I don't know what time it was. Before you're supposed to be awake, and um, there was there's a part in the sermon where uh, I didn't like it, didn't know what was going on, couldn't connect the dots, and I got it last night. Okay, like whatever, two or three. Well, don't celebrate yet. And so I thought. <laughs> Awesome, I got it. When I wake up in the morning, I'll, you know, pl- it was just like one thing. I'll plug that in there. We're good. Um, and then I woke up this morning and I totally forgot it. So, some great revelation from God, um, you know. Or maybe not. Maybe I wasn't supposed to put it in there, but I can't remember it and maybe it will come. Yeah. Uh, Matthew seven twenty four. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, because it had been found on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. This is God's word. And this is how the Sermon on the Mount ends. Like, that's, that, that's it. <laughs> We're done. You know what I mean? Like that, that's how he ends. As simple and as straightforward as Jesus can be, he makes it clear. Whoever builds his life and, and sets himself to live for the age to come will be a rock. And the violence and the trauma of the day of the Lord will not consume him. That, that's what he says. But for those who set themselves for this age and live for this age, the day of the Lord will consume them. That house is torn down and great is the fall of it. And then he's done. Verse 28, and Jesus finished these sayings, okay? And so there's no altar call, right? There, there's no, uh, you know, homeboy on the organ. That, that, that's not happening here. They're not playing just as I am 37 times. Like, he didn't finish and say, we got cookies and punch in the back for you. Fill out a visitor card. Like, he just finishes. And I think that's just awesome. To be done. Okay? Just straightforward. Here's the ending. There's two paths. There's two ages. There's blessings or cursings. There's life or death. There's fire or glory. There's wheat or chaff. There's Psalm 1, the assembly of the righteous or or, or the assembly of the wicked. There's a house that stands and there's a house that doesn't stand. Like, this is written for me. Just easy. Uh, uh, You know, it's not not out there. So bottom line, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, live for the age to come, okay? Like, choose to live for what lasts. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, okay, should produce in us the same thing that John's preaching in Matthew 3 and Luke 3 produced in their hearers, right? Jesus shows up, says, the kingdom of God is near, it is at hand, and what do people do? They come out into the desert trembling to be baptized and made clean before the day of the Lord. That's what it should do to us, cause that same trembling in us to live soberly before the day comes. It should cause us to tremble in light of that day, to cry out for God's mercy on us, and then bear fruit in keeping with repentance, just like John's hearers did. All right, that, that's the deal, okay? And so you might not fancy yourself as a theologian, but you can answer this question really, really easily. Hey, what's the Sermon on the Mount about? 
It's about living for the age to come. It's all we've been saying for since April. Live for the age to come. Choose what lasts. Build your house on the rock. And so to exhort us in these things one last time, or not one last time, but one last time in the Sermon on the Mount, we're going to look at what it means to build our house on the rock so that when the day comes, we inherit eternal life. Right? That's, that's what we want. So first thing that is necessary for a house to be built on the rock, according to Jesus, is hearing and doing his words. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them, and does them, will be like a, man, a wise man who built his house on the rock. So I point out the obvious here, but it's not just hears them. Right? Jesus is speaking to two groups here, and they both hear them. One does them. One builds his house on rock. One builds his house on sand. And so this is what faith is biblically, hearing and, and doing and acting in light of what you've heard. And, and so for time purposes, we won't go back to Habakkuk 2 and 3, but that's where we get the phrase, the righteous will live by their faith. Write the vision, make it plain, so the one who reads it will run. Literally, when he sees these things, run. Okay. We'll do James instead. James 1.22. But be doers of the word, not hearers only. Why? Because if you do that, you're deceiving yourselves. For anyone who is a hearer of the word and not a doer of it, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, which means he's got other issues, I think, and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. I.e., if you, you hear and don't do, you, it's like looking in the mirror and not remembering what you see. There's no point to it. Like there, There's no purpose to it. Faith that doesn't lead to action is, isn't faith at all. It's just mental assent, okay? Like, yes, I agree, 2 plus 2 equals 4, and then not live their life like 2 plus 2 equals 4, okay? So if I you know, say I believe that, that the day of the Lord, eternal life, all that stuff, if I say I believe that is, is true, but I don't actually turn from my sin, you can't biblically say that I have faith, Right? Like, like, Josh, it's raining outside. I agree it's raining, but if I don't put on an umbrella, do I really believe it's raining? Do I really have faith in the drops that will make... You know what I mean? That's all... It's just a... It's, it's, a, it's a later invention that we're like, well, is it belief or is it action? Like, no, it's, this, it's, one, it's one thing. It's the same ball, ball of yarn, okay? And so with the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is really clear. It's not enough to be amazed at his teaching, Okay? And this is kind of the, Allie, tell me if I'm using this word right. This is kind of the irony of the thing is that there are mountains and mountains and mountains of books written on the Sermon on the Mount by people who don't believe in it. That works? Okay, yeah. I mean, like, like the Sermon on the Mount like fills libraries by itself of people writing about it and are amazed at Jesus' teaching who don't believe it. That's insane. That is insane. And that's Jesus' whole point. You, it's not, you don't just hear the words. You act on them. You build your house on the rock. The, the teaching of the Sermon on the Mount is not meant to be admired. It is meant to be obeyed. It's meant to hear the words of Jesus and do them. And when the storm comes, your house stands. It, it, it's built on the rock. Okay? And so he says these words. Everyone who hears these words. And so what are these words? Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Matthew 7. Everything he's just said. And what do Matthew 5, 6, and 7 say? What are the words that we're to believe on and act upon that have a house that will stand? Matthew 5 starts with what? The blesseds, right? 
Blessed are you, if you read Luke's account, he also says, woe to you. Matthew just gives us the blessings. The Beatitudes, the words that we are to hear and do are, are these kinds of words. Choose a poor spirit to get the kingdom, okay? If you mourn now, Jesus says you'll be comforted then. Jesus says now is not always. Things won't be this way forever. The night is far gone. The day will come. Okay? It will come. Jesus says in the attitudes, if you're meek now, if you wait on the Lord now and trust in the Lord now and, 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 and trust Him to deal with wickedness and, and sort out good fish and bad fish and sort out wheat and tares and, short, and sort out sheep and goats, if you are meek in that way, when He comes, you will reign and inherit eternal life. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness now, even in a, in a, a, a time when it doesn't look like righteousness is going to come through, you're going to be satisfied in the kingdom. You are going to show mercy to people who don't deserve mercy. Beatitude. If you have a pure and a humble heart without pretense before God, you're actually going to see God. Okay? Like with your eyeballs, you're going to look at God for those pure in heart. If you're a peacemaker, you get resurrected from the dead. If you are persecuted for righteousness' sake, rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward. These are the words Jesus is talking about. Whoever hears these words and does them, he will be a wise man who built his house on the rock. Okay? Those things are just central. And I think it would be a helpful exercise uh, for you next year. Um, and I mean, you could start now, but I know a lot of us are going to start a Bible reading plan next year. Maybe throw that thing out and just read Matthew 5, 6, and 7 every day for 365 years and see what happens. Days. I mean... Age to come, keep reading it. <laughs> okay? So it's not just hearing, blessed are the pure in heart. Not just hearing, blessed are the merciful, but actually showing mercy when, when someone doesn't deserve it, which is like the definition of mercy. They don't deserve it. See? Okay? And with all of this stuff, obviously... We're going to do these things imperfectly. We're going to do these things with a lot of repentance and a lot of humility before God because like, you will probably leave today and if someone cuts you off in traffic, you will not show mercy, likely. Okay? And so you repent and you turn and you say, okay, God, next one that cuts me off, blessed are the merciful. They will receive mercy at the day. And you, that's, you just run that thing over and over and over and over and over until he comes and raises your body up out of the dirt and then that's not a fight anymore. You just do it. Okay, so that's that's second. Okay, here and do uh, uh, the beatitudes. The second is that it, the part of the foundation, right? Next element needed in your your mix there is the law and the prophets. Whoever hears these words of mine and does them, what words? The law and the prophets. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Come to carry these things out. I've come to make them known even to the Gentiles. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, until everything is finished, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. So, if you don't have an anchor in what God has said, in the law, in the prophets, okay? If, if, which is another way of saying, if you don't have an anchor in the covenants, okay? In, in the promises of God. God's promises uh, to creation, to Eve, to Noah, to Abraham, to Moses, to David, to the prophets. If, if that's not where your anchor is, you got problems, okay? You're, you're going to have problems. Those words from God to people, to real actual people, they tell us how this age ends and the new one begins. 
Like they, they lay those things out for us to give us assurance in these things and trust God in these things so that on our worst day we can still, okay, I'm going to live forever. You know, you know what I mean? Like you really need that on a bad day to know I'm going to live forever. God is going to make all things new. Every word he ever spoke to Eve and Abraham and Moses and David and the prophets will come to pass. It will come true. Now is not always. Things won't be this way forever. I have to know that every single day of my life, okay? And so if you don't build your house on those things, okay, either you just don't know those things, which, okay, you have a Bible, you have Google, go for it. If you just don't know those things, or if you try and do away with those things, the covenants, if you do that and don't build your house on, on the law and the prophets, you won't withstand the storm, okay? Like that's, that's just what he says. So 2 Timothy 3, we'll start in verse 3, okay? Understand this. This is old, old man Paul writing to young man Timothy. Understand this. In the last day, there days, there will come times of difficulty. Rain will fall. Floods will come. Wind will blow. Okay? People will be... This is hilarious. People will be lovers of selves, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. <gasps> you know what I mean? Like, you list all this, like, ob- you know, objectively horrible stuff, and also says, people won't have gratitude. Can you imagine? You know? <laughs> ungrateful, right next to unholy, Heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure, lover, rather than lovers of God. Verse 5, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power, very sermon on the mountain. You look the part, you fast, you tithe, you pray, you give, you do all this stuff for the reward of men, but you're not going to have any reward in that day. Okay, um, Avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women. Okay, so, Women are weak here because in the first century they're not taught the law and the prophets. And they're not taught the instruction of the Torah at the level that, that men are educated and all this stuff. Okay, And Christian publishing continues to do this. Um, they're burdened with sins. They're led astray by various passions. They're always learning but never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. They hear the word but don't actually do it. They don't actually build their house on what they've Heard, just as those annoying people did to Moses, these men also oppose the truth. Okay, they've got truth, they can speak it, they can talk it, but they don't have truth in the inward parts. Okay, that's, that's David's whole prayer to God God, if you wanted a sacrifice, I would give it, but I know you delight in truth in my inward parts, so I'm just repenting like this. Okay, they are men corrupted in mind and they're disqualified regarding the faith. So, bad, 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 bad. You, however, verse 10. You, however, who have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings, persecutions I endured. Okay, so Paul, what's teaching and conduct? All the time. That's the bell the Bible rings. Not enough to say these things. You've got to walk these things out. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned, Timothy, and what you have firmly believed. Okay? So this is to Timothy. Timothy does not have a New Testament, right? Right? He, he doesn't have his nice NIV, right? Or King James with the red ribbon bookmark in it, right? He doesn't have that. Or, or he doesn't have one of these, you know? Like every, you know, Bible version ever invented. What is the version of the Bible? What's the Hawaiian thing? 
Pigeon? You guys ever heard pigeon language? You can get it on your iPhone. Like a Hawaiian dialect version of the Bible. It's what's Genesis is called start. Revelation is called end. <laughs> you got it here. Timothy, uh, nonetheless, does not have that. And Timothy hasn't been taught yet that he doesn't need the Old Testament. All he has is the Old Testament. Okay, like that's all he's got. So. Remember what you have continued, what you've learned, and what you've believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you've been acquainted with what? The sacred writings. What are Timothy's sacred writings? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Okay? That's what he's got. Which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. These things, the Torah, the instruction, the law, and the prophets, these things are able to build you a house that will stand, right? How much more so those of us who do have the writings of the apostles and whoever wrote Hebrews, you know what I mean? <laughs> How much more for us are we able to be made wise for salvation? How much more for us are we able to have a house that, that's actually going to stand? And then he caps it off, all scripture is breathed out by God. And it's pro all scripture, again, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, that's what... All of that is profitable for teaching and correction and rebuke and training in righteousness that you may be complete and equipped for every good work. So the house that will stand when the storm comes is the house that's been made wise for salvation through the instruction of the law and the prophets, okay? That's what Torah means, instruction, okay? And in and, and like the actual instruction, don't worship other gods. We got that one? Uh, you get that one, the rest take care of themselves. <laughs> the actual instruction, don't worship other gods, but then the instruction that we receive from the stories, right? Like Paul says, all of these things were written down. So Israel, uh, the, the whole story of Israel, all these things were written down, Paul says to, to people on this side of it, for your instruction, right? So Prince of Egypt written down for me in 2021. David and Bathsheba, written down for me in 20... David and Goliath, written down for me in 20... You know what I mean? These things are able to make you wise for salvation. The wise man builds his house on this rock. Okay? Which is just really, really, really cool. Because Moses was not thinking about Josh when he wrote those things down. But here I am. <laughs> yeah. By wisdom, verse uh, Proverbs 24, by wisdom a house is built. By understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. And by wisdom your house will stand when the rain comes and the wind blows. Okay, That's what he's saying. So we've built on the Beatitudes. We've built on the Torah. The next element that goes in our concrete mix, which Reese, I was looking up, what is in concrete? Air, I guess, is a big part of it. Science, okay? Um, next thing that goes into the mix is a single eye, a healthy eye. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your whole eye is healthy, if, it, if it's singular, you, King James, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body's full of darkness. If the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or serve one and be devoted to the other. You cannot serve God and money. You, you can't serve both ages. So you either have an eye fixed on the coming age and a heart that chooses treasure then over treasure now, or you don't. A single eye. You, you can't 
you can do this. Like you, you have to have one eye. And, and so the wise man builds his house this way because it's all he's thinking about. It's all like the expression, that guy is so heavenly minded, he's no earthly good. That is so stupid. You want to be the most earthly good, you're going to be the most heavenly minded, right? <laughs> Most set on the age to come. The other guy, he builds his house with sand because he's got other things to do. And the storm's not probably coming anyway. You know what I mean? You guys just keep saying it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. So eat, drink, be merry, build the house on sand. We'll work on it later, okay? We'll, we'll build with, with concrete later. Fifth, we build with a single eye. And next, the house that stands is built on crucifying the flesh, Okay? These are whoever hears these words of mine and does them, he will be a wise man whose house is built on the rock. And so these are the words. If your right eye or hand causes you to sin, Jesus says, tear it out, cut it off, throw it away. For it's better for you to lose one of your members than your whole body be thrown into hell. And so until you come up out of the dirt, okay, you are to wage war on your sinful flesh, right? And that looks different for different people in, in different seasons of their life. But for all of us, building on the rock in this regard, okay, building on the rock and crucifying our flesh, it just cannot be a passive activity. Okay? It, that, like that's just that's not what Jesus says. Pluck it out, cut it off, throw it away. Okay? It, it's not passive. So we have like this odd thing in, in our Life as disciples and believers. In Romans 6, we have died with Christ, right? Like that's what we're announcing in baptism. Like that old dude is, is dead and he will really die later. But we also got 1 Corinthians 15. Like I died daily. Died, still dying. Still killing the old man in me. So the, the point is, is it's not a passive thing. James 4.8, you cleanse your hands. You purify your hearts. 2 Corinthians 7, since we have these promises in the covenants, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bring holiness to completion in the fear of God. So, Jesus never says, the Lord never says, Hey, son, that sin that owns your life, don't do anything about it. Sit back, relax, and wait for glory. Uh-uh. No. No. Cut it off. Throw it out. Okay? Light it on fire. Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So you don't win battles against the flesh by wishing it away. Right? And you, you know, you guys have made like how many New Year's resolutions in the last 50 years? You don't wish it away. You know, it, it, it doesn't work like that. You, you beat your flesh, you crucify your flesh by taking responsibility for it. And then you do Romans 13 and you make no provision for it. Like, man, I just keep getting burned every time I walk by the fire. Stop walking by the fire. You know, what I mean? like that's what he's saying, and, and and you confess your sin to other Christian brothers who will not uh, uh, shame you or embarrass you, but who will love you and forgive you and restore you in a spirit of gentleness and remind you of the gospel, and you just run that play forever until the day, and you know what happens? That's that, that's dying daily. That's, that's crucifying the flesh. That's how you get free. That's how you sow to the Spirit to reap from the Spirit. And that's how you have to build. But Paul says, don't be deceived and think you can embrace sin and the flesh and still have a house that stands. It won't stand. It won't. That's what Jesus is saying. That house... 
The foolish man builds that house, and it will not stand. Instead, build your life on the rock. Hear these words and do them, okay? So just on that specifically, like that could be like 52 weeks we could do that. Um, I would. We read this in our, our house group Bible reading plan, whatever. Romans 4 through 8, crucifying the flesh in the power of the Spirit. And then if you are so inclined, um, J.C. Ryle, who's a bishop a long time ago, wrote a book called Holiness. Um, real short chapters, real easy read, uh, and I would just recommend that to you. If you'll read it, I'll buy it for you. If you won't read it, don't ask me to buy it, okay? I have limited funds, all right? <laughs> Last bit of mix here, for number six. The house that stands... On that day, when the rain falls and the winds blow and floods come, that house is built on prayer. Whoever hears these words of mine and does them, and Jesus calls us to pray. He calls us to pray. And first, it, uh, prayer for mercy. Right? Be merciful to me, O oh God, a sinner. I am poor in spirit. I, I need you. And he answers that prayer. You know what I mean? I Okay, guys. If this really happens, you turn from the Lord and, and you rebel and you serve your flesh instead of God and the Holy Spirit wakes you up to that thing and you see it like, oh my gosh, I have, I have offended a holy God. And then you pray, Lord, I am an idiot. I repent. I turn. I don't want to do that. I want to serve you. Please forgive me. And he actually forgives you. You know what I mean? Like, you should turn cartwheels over that. Like, if, if you could. You know, I can't, never could do a cartwheel. But I would, if I could, that my sins are actually forgiven and at the day of the Lord are actually not held against me, not accounted to me. Like, oh, anyway, he act like you pray that prayer and God actually answers that prayer and says, yeah, I forgive you. Like, go eat a hamburger, move on. You know what I mean? Like, that happens every day. And, and every, you know, we do it here on Sunday. Like, that's just, that's so cool. Um, and so when, when you don't embody these things, right, uh, hearing and doing and, and the Beatitudes and, and heeding the law and the prophets and praying and, and all, all these things and your eye is drifting towards, you know, the cares of this life and things on this age and you're giving into the flesh, what you do is you pray that prayer again. Pray, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And guess what happens again? He forgives you. <laughs> Guys, that's... It is a cool thing, um, being a, a believer, okay? And then you pray to walk in accordance to the power of the Spirit. And guess what? God will answer that prayer too. He just likes to do it. Just likes to do it. Okay, next thing, we pray in community. We pray for mercy and we pray for community. And um, guys, I have dropped the ball in this area so badly and, and ask you to forgive me and hope you will forgive me like God forgives me, okay? Um, I got discouraged and, and lazy uh, at like lack of attendance, lack of intensity. Um, and, and here's the big thing. When it comes to prayer, the main issue is lack of love for God in my own heart. Like we can blame prayer and lack of prayer and a lot of other stuff, but the main issue is I just don't love God that much. Amen. Let's stand. Okay. Uh, and so we stopped having prayer meetings. Um, uh, our elders' prayer, we've, we've still done that, but as far as like a corporate church gathering, 
we just kind of stopped. And I just, every single week was like, well, I got this going on. I got this going on. I like, you know, yes, Netflix, I'm still watching. Stop asking me. Um, that kind of stuff. And if you would have told me five years ago, you know what, Josh, there's going to come a time in the life of Christian Life Church um, where they're going to stop having corporate prayer meetings and you're going to be the pastor at that time, I would have laughed you out of the room. But here we are. We're here. And so I say that to say, one, we're going to start praying again. But two, our house, okay, and our hearts won't stand in the testing if we're not built together on corporate prayer. That, that's a foolish house to build. They did it. It is insane. It's insane to think that kind of house without a corporate prayer life is going to actually stand when the storm comes. And like, so this is the Sermon on the Mount. The Lord's Prayer is communal. When you pray, pray this way. Our Father, ours, all, all of us. And then we lock our arms together and we pray, God, vindicate your name. Maranatha, we miss you, Jesus. Let your kingdom come. Give us bread in the meantime as we're trying to figure all this stuff out. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And don't let us bow our knee to the evil one. Don't let us give in to temptation. So if we want to stay steady in times of tribulation, we have to pray together. Like that's the house that's going to stand in the storm. Jude 17, which we should do Jude. That would be fun. Jude, you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers. But you, beloved, y'all, Building y'all selves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus that leads to eternal life. So that house that, that's built up in the faith, right? In the law and the prophets, and the, the faith, and, 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 and given itself to spirit-led prayer, that house keeps us in the love of God so that when the storm comes, we're not offended. Like we stand and, and the house stands, right? And, and we want to bring other people into that house, okay? Out of their crumbling ones. So here, here's the point, Sermon on the Mount, we're done with it. Both builders hear the word. And this is the terrifying part of the Sermon on the Mount, Okay? I know this is a song that we teach to our little kids. The wise man build his house upon the rock. Right? That's a terrifying story. Because one of them gets destroyed. And little kids are like, yeah. You know? <laughs> the, both builders hear the word of God. Both builders build a house. It's not like one guy said, no, I'm just not going to build a house. Like They both build a house. But the foundation upon which they've built no one knows until the storm comes. Both houses on the outside look the same, right? They, they both are houses. And everything looks fine in both houses. But until the storm comes, that day will disclose whether or not it was built on the rock or whether or not it was built on sand. Whether or not it was built on hearing the words of God and heeding them or whether it was built on just hearing them. And just smiling about them and just you know, sharing them on you know, verse of the day or whatever. And, and, and so the, the storm is going to come. Okay, If it's an, a storm at the end of the age where the, where the earth <laughs> reels back and forth like a drunkard and everything that can be shaken is shaken, or it's in the, all the little storms that, that come before then, right? Sickness and sadness and death and 
cultural upheaval. When that rain falls and that flood comes and that wind blows, the house of the wise will stand and the house of the foolish will fall. And we have words from God in a book for us, urging us, leading us to, uh, uh, encouraging us to hear God's words and do them and build on those things. Proverbs 10, when the tempest passes, the wicked is no more, but the righteous is established forever. Proverbs 12, the wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. Proverbs 14, the house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. This is the Sermon on the Mount. It's all it is. So I want to pray for, for us. Uh, if the music team could come up. I want to pray for for Christian Life Church specifically, right? Our, our, anyone else here? That we hear, hear the word of the Lord and, and do it and, and set our heart to these things in repentance and, and in humility before God and in, and in total dependence on the Spirit of God to, to enable us and empower us to do um, what we've heard. And so... Um, what I would like to do, just as a, um, this sounds really Baptist, as an outward expression of an inward reality, what I would like us to do is, is if you're able, if you're not, don't, don't worry about it or feel weird, I would just like us to get on our knees before the Lord and cry out, one, for mercy, because I do, I was going to say I don't know about you, I do know about you, we don't walk this out, Okay? We hear, and especially as Westerners, we hear and hear and hear. Like 18 hours a day, I have Bible teaching in my ears. Hearing, 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 hearing. It's the the walking this out that is difficult. So we're going to cry out for mercy from God to hear and obey and walk these things out in love so that our house is built and it stands and it stands forever. The house of the Lord, like it stands forever. Um, and then we'll, we'll see what happens. But I just want to uh, pray now. So if you're able, do it. If, if not, don't feel weird. And we have these cool benches up here too.